Today on Laura Lynn and Friends. I was appointed for a federal commission for Canada Pension Plan disabilities for people that were uh, disabled uh, from their job and could no longer, didn't qualify for WSIB, which is workers' compensation or OSHA in the States. And um, we were, it was a hearing, just like a trial. There were three members on a tribunal with a lawyer and a nurse or a medical person. I was the medical expert and um, someone from a community function was on this tribunal. And I look back now and I realize a number of the cases we heard I think now I would have called them vaccine injuries from just vaccines that people were getting from the symptoms and the immune system problems they were having. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Last Days. My name is Laura Lynn Tyler-Thompson, and uh, what an epic year we're having so far, eh? Seven months in, total world chaos, almost every country in the world rebelling against their WEF, United Nations funded lackeys and governments that have done crazy things. Um, on my Twitter yesterday, I had made a post on Facebook and gone live and we put together a two, two minute and five second little tweet out of that. And if you wouldn't believe it, it's almost 100,000 views today on Twitter for some reason. And so we all know that the world is hungry for the truth. Do you know why that tweet has gone so viral? I think um, it's going to keep going is because we've outed that the doctors in Ontario have received fake vax passes while all of them telling you that the vaccine is safe and effective many doctors it seems have taken the vax pass and they've also received them for their families this was all revealed by dr paul alexander who knew personally of a doctor who had not taken the fake vax pass but was none too happy because he was in emergency with, I believe, vaccine, you know, some harm that's happening to him right now. And so in the wake of all that we've gone through, the very ones that should be, I guess, making sure they do their part for humanity, instead have received a fake vax pass. And so that tweet is going viral today. Uh, very, very interesting. I have some Tucker stuff later today, uh, which is going to talk about the immune compromised systems after being vaccinated. This is coming out all over the place. Those who have refused to bow and comply are going to be shown in time that they were on the right side of history. I'm also very pleased that Pastor Arthur Pavlowski, I've learned to say his name right. I always called him Pawlowski. And it's Pastor Archer Pavlowski uh, has been exonerated for this particular arrest. The judges have now, um, the appeals court has now struck down what has happened to him. They have removed the fines. In fact, the fines will be paid back to him. And uh, we can even turn, turn that sound lower if you can there, Aaron. 
Um, that is Pastor Archer Pawlowski, Pawlowski talking about the fines he had to pay. Look what they did to him. This has all been ruled to be a complete sham, illegal, done in a province with a conservative premier. Premier Jason Kenney, where were you when this was happening to one of your own? Now, I know you weren't happy with uh, Archer Pavlovsky because he was calling you out for your um, hypocritical stance on most things. You've let Albertans down. And I'm just wondering, did you know anything about the charges that were being put on Pastor Art? Did you know or have anything to do with the judicial system? Did you... Could, could we get your phone records? Could we get your texts? You know those texts and phone records that our government has literally been watching and, and peering in on? We found out in British Columbia that thousands and thousands of people were spied on. I bet I was one of them. Maybe that's why I'm on the hate list now. The hate list for telling the truth. I don't think I say anything hateful. Sometimes it's unkind. I admit that. Yesterday, I, I wasn't kind in bringing up our prime minister's new haircut, but it wasn't hateful. He just needs to grow it out again so that at least he has good hair because that's the last remaining good part of who he is in this country as his, you know, approval ratings are plummeting along with Biden's, his build back better buddy. And so all of these things are making Canada look terrible. And I just heard today that some more people couldn't get over the border to go to their home that they own in Montana. Canadians who have invested in the United States of America are not allowed to go there. They're stopped at the border. Now that was not happening all year, but suddenly it's just all shut down. It means that we're trapped, trapped in Canada. Why? Now that's the United States of America shutting the Canadians from coming in. They weren't even doing that a little while ago. Maybe I shouldn't have talked about it. But the fact is, I was warning everyone that perhaps this is where we're going. Well, there are some heroes in our land. Uh, there are some amazing people who have stood, who have not complied, who have not uh, done, you know, anything that uh, they're not proud of at this point. People like R.N. Janet Grill, who is going to jo join us. Um, she is in her 70s. You won't believe it because she's so beautiful. Uh, but she has paid a very high price. Uh, an R.N. for many years, working in many different capacities. She's lost her job and she's not entitled to EI. Would you like to know why that is the case? Well, we're going to talk to her right now. Janet, thank you for being here and welcome to the show. It's sure good to see you. You look stunning. Are you really over 70? 73 right now. It's amazing. But my, That's my amazing. head thinks it's 50. <laughs> good. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm going to be just like you when I grow up. So you have, uh, you've experienced something that many have in Canada. Can you tell us your experience? Tell us about 
uh, what you did for many years, your your career as an RN, what that entailed, and then what happened. Well, I think um, because I graduated 51 years ago from uh, a hospital in Toronto, uh, the good old three-year program in hospitals, and we were trained to be nurses. And I was immediately hired uh, from graduation to a brand new field called infection control for hospital nurses. And uh, every hospital was mandated to have a, an infection control nurse. So they figured they might as well hire a new grad because they had to start from scratch in training us. And uh, then they wouldn't have to pay us as much as a senior nurse. So I was fine. It was a great job because it was nine to five and I had just gotten married uh, to my husband, Alan. So uh, they sent me and about 12 other nurses from the GTA area to the University of Ottawa Med School. We went to school with the med students for a whole semester through a summer um, in Ottawa. And I lived in residence as a new bride and my husband visited on the train a couple of times through the semester. But we learned about infection control and contagion and epidemiology. So we got the same classes as the doctors. And then I came back from that and set up the program for a large hospital in Toronto. And I did that until uh, for about three years until I had my son. And then I didn't go back to that after I had him. I only worked part time after that in different jobs. So that gave me a basis of understanding not to really be afraid of germs. And now they're even talking about this German terrain theory, which uh, is very interesting to me. But I learned how to manage and how to to deal with with things that would people that would come in the hospital with contagious things like meningitis and and we would learn and I would do operating room um, surveillance of, of germs. So I was very comfortable with that type of world. And then I went on to that after that. Um, I did general nursing for a number of years and um, ended up with long term care for 10 years where I was doing palliative care. So I learned how to take care of seniors and saw the end of life and how that's supposed to look. And I even owned uh, a nursing home for a few years that nearly, the job nearly killed me because it was a 24 seven. It was just a small nursing home just north of Toronto. But it was a wonderful experience to just be with the seniors as their last stop of where they, they exited the world. And uh, from that, I went to, um, I was appointed uh, for a federal commission for Canada pension plan disabilities for people that were uh, disabled uh, from their job and could no longer didn't qualify for WSIB, which is workers compensation or OSHA in the States. And um, we were it was a hearing just like a trial. There were three members on a tribunal with a lawyer and a nurse or a medical person. I was the medical expert. And um, someone from a community function was on this tribunal. And I look back now and I realized a number of the cases we heard I think now I would have called them vaccine injuries from just vaccines that people were getting from the symptoms and the immune system problems they were having. But at the time, we just would decide whether they they had their case overturned or not and learn to write the legal decisions and, and navigate that world. So the, the federal government trained me quite well as to how to navigate that type of disability world. And I did, um, I was just a number of, uh, I was on the, my husband was a faculty of a large seminary in Toronto, Tyndale Seminary, and he was hired and they wanted, they were happy to have a husband and wife team. So for seven years, of, he was there for many more years, but seven of those years, I was part of a ministry uh, faculty uh, with the seminary students and um, doing some counseling and teaching. And um, so when 
I saw the job became available in my neighborhood area uh, for being a clinical nurse in a part-time capacity, which was all I wanted to work in a residential treatment center that was designed just for clergy. So it was just for priests, nuns, or pastors of any denomination, but it was sponsored by a Catholic nonprofit foundation. And it was the only one in Canada. And I knew about it because it was in my neighborhood and I applied for that job. And they were so happy to have me, even though I wasn't um, of the Catholic tradition, um, because I understood ministry from having worked at the seminary. So I had the nursing and the ministry background. So that has been a job that I've enjoyed part-time, uh, permanent part-time for over 21 years. And it was the perfect job for an old nurse because I didn't have to do the heavy lifting as in a hospital and, and the shift work. We didn't have to work nights. I would work mostly evenings and weekends. So I was also able to work part-time a little bit extra. And I started a project in a company that my son had started that was a clinical trial management company. And it involved, uh, he would find the doctors and worked with a number of different big pharmaceutical companies to do drug trials. And these were phase, with his company, it was phase two and three trials. And then I was um, actually referred to work in a phase one trial in a lockdown type of facility where they were actually doing the initial trial on a drug where um, it's done under very high security. So I saw that whole pharmaceutical world. And there were many different kinds of drugs that were being trialed from the major companies. And um, they could be for psoriasis or they could be for um, schizophrenia, for toe fungus, for asthma, for um, glaucoma, many, many different trials. And I would follow these people. Sometimes they would come weekly, they'd see the doctor, but I would do all the paperwork and submit it to the company. Uh, and there'd be a monitor from the company would come every few weeks and just check all my my work and collect it and take it back to the company. And I noticed in one trial there, I was giving an injection every month of a very strong biologic agent for psoriatic arthritis. And they had to have very strict blood work before I could even give the drug just to make sure that their, their markers, their immune function markers were okay to give the drug. So I got to know these people and they'd come every month and they came for over a whole year. And I, I was filling out the paperwork for the pharmaceutical company, but it was sort of like a multiple choice form that I had to fill out. And there wasn't always room to write anything on it. And so I started keeping my own notes because the, the patients would tell me symptoms that they were having that they didn't have before the drug. So I kept my own list of symptoms. And when the monitor came to collect the data, I showed her, I said, you know, this, these people, several of them are having these other things and there's nowhere for me to report this on the forms. And the monitor stopped and she looked directly at me in the eye and said, they're not looking for that information. So there was no way to, to give the, the symptoms that I was seeing. And that really was a wake up call for me. Um, I'd left hospital nursing back in the eighties when I bought the nursing home, because I saw things were changing. The, the biggest change happened when the unions came in and then suddenly it's an adversarial thing us against them and it it got really ugly in in the hospitals that i had worked in i worked in different places because my husband's job had transferred us to a few places in ontario but the pharmaceutical one was a big wake up and i wasn't happy with the pharmaceutical industry anyway i was myself very much more leaning to natural 
and alternative medicine than to pharmaceutical, but it was a good paying job. And it was part-time and I could still work at my other treatment center uh, on the weekends. Um, so I think that kind of opened me up to just being aware of when things started going south in March of 2020, I understood about hospital infections and pandemics and epidemics. I'd never come across a pandemic before, but we there'd been some epidemics that went through the city. Um, we did know someone who was very ill on a ventilator back in 2003 with SARS. It was a husband of one of the seminary um, faculty. And uh, so we were very aware of that situation, but it kind of just blew over in a few months. And, you know, we saw TV with people in hazmat suits, but it didn't affect anything else that I was doing. We never got shut down for it or had any extra problems with it. So when they called this new one SARS, I, I kind of sat up and took note. Um, and it wasn't very long until suddenly our work got closed. Our, they closed the whole treatment center and sent everybody back home, even though they're there for a residential treatment program for over about a three to four month period. And they come from all over the world. It was, it's a wonderful program and it was, I didn't really enjoy working with the program. But everybody was sent home and all the staff were laid off and we didn't know if we'd ever open again. So I was off for five months that first summer of 2020 and into the end of August. So that gave me time to do some research and just nothing was sitting right with me that something's really fishy here. This, why are we wearing masks? Why are we standing six feet apart outside the grocery store? Like it just did not make sense. And then there was talk of the vaccines and um, that this would be the big cure. Well, I knew that, that why are you giving a vaccine for a virus? The virus is gonna burn itself out. So it, it just, it was bothering us. And of course our church shut down. We had to go into Zoom. We were running a small group. We always had small groups in our, our home for Bible study groups. And we had to shut that down and go to Zoom. So our whole life changed. Um, that suddenly this, this just disrupted everything. And I could see the fear that people had washing down their grocery bags when they'd come home and like, okay, this is, this is a virus. There's millions of them in the air all the time. Why are we worrying about it? Um, it just, none of it made sense to me, but I started listening to podcasts. I found you very early, Laura Lynn talking and, and it just resonated. This, this is truth. This is absolutely true. And I love that you brought the spiritual dimension to it too, not just the science and the facts. And then that one podcast leads you to another. I had already found Dr. Bregan years earlier because I was working as a psychiatric nurse in this treatment facility um, because our clients would be there for mental health reasons or addictions. Um, I had found Dr. Bregan somehow and Peter Bregan and he was a psychiatrist who had never given a drug in his whole career never a prescription drug as a psychiatrist. And I liked that because I could see what the drugs would do to my residents. Sometimes they, sometimes they were helpful, but most of the time I could see that they were causing more trouble than help. And that was the talk therapy and the spiritual direction and the exercise and the food that was putting people back together again when they were in a crisis. So um, I wasn't very drug oriented anyway. But that Dr. Bregan podcast led me to Catherine Austin Fitz and different people that he had on. So then I start following them, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, and um, just a whole lot of people that we, they had Dr. Zelenko on, 
and um, he had a protocol that was helping people. So I heard about ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. And of course, we couldn't get it then at that point. Everything is the pharmacists weren't filling the prescriptions, even if you could get a doctor to write it. So I went looking for the horse paste and the veterinary supply of ivermectin. So we started, we found some of that in a, in a supply store and uh, we're taking that. I actually brought it in from Florida before they shut it down crossing the border. And uh, we were taking it, we were sharing it with anybody that was not feeling so good or had flu symptoms. We shared our, our horse paste with them. And it was just fun because the ingredients, you know, were, it was just straight ivermectin. It just had a funny apple taste. But um, then I discovered um, CCCA, which is Canadian COVID Care Alliance, which was a, a break off from the frontline doctors group, not a break off, but a, um, a Canadian branch of that. So they came up with a protocol and a telehealth system later on. So we were able to get compounding pharmacies who would actually fill ivermectin for people or hydroxychloroquine. So that was great. And there were people that I knew that did get some kind of symptoms, whatever was causing it. And certainly the ivermectin was helping. And early on, I found the Canadian frontline nurses. And that was the biggest support for me because I felt so abandoned. And I tried to talk to the other nurses. There were six nurses of us at this facility. Uh, about 42 staff in total and nobody saw what I saw I was the only one and I'd say well there's something funny going on here and then after I heard Catherine Fitz talk about the the banks and the global agenda which I, was all news to me I knew nothing about any of that going on in the world nobody else would listen to me nobody and I was eventually told by my supervisor and nursing supervisor please not to share any of my opinions with residents or staff because I guess they were complaining that I was some kind of nut job. And uh, I said, well, when these vaccines come, I had had a cancer journey several years earlier and it was a, a serious stage two cancer and uh, surgery and, and just a big scare with that and had done a lot of things to change some of my lifestyle and lost about 50, 60 pounds. And um, was really conscious of not doing anything to jeopardize and ever get that diagnosis again. So to hear about these spike proteins and they were going to be growing inside of people and they could reactivate cancers. And now we're hearing that, that that's what's happening to people. I can't tell you how many people we've heard in this last year that their cancer is just raging out of control. And so I, I, I bless whoever shared that information two years ago and put that seed out that don't take these spike proteins because they could reactivate something that's just sitting in your body. So I got the, we got back to work in the end of August, early September of 2021 and started admitting residents again, they come from all over the world. And uh, I think there was a picture of what we'd have to dress up the, the extent of the safety precautions and the PPE was just off the top because these are healthy people. Nobody was sick. Um, they're healthy, active people and that come for the treatment program, but we were treating them like they were you know, just absolutely bubonic plague kind of possibilities. And that bothered me because I understood infection control and there was no need for this level of surveillance to do this. And the masks definitely don't work. And why take your temperature? If, I, if I'm not feeling well, I'll stay home. You don't have to you know, do a whole screen just to come to work. But, um, and I had seen some vaccine injuries at that point. I didn't, they weren't talking about them at that point, but I was getting some people who had come internationally um, for our program. And 
their blood pressures were off the charts. And there's no reason because they were younger people in their 40s. And um, I was really concerned and I recognized that as a vaccine injury, but I was told to keep my mouth shut. And then the, the, the word came down that I had to have um, a shot, the double shot by the end of September 2021. And I had told everybody, I'm not getting it. I don't want the spike protein. I, I feel very uncomfortable with the religious, the fact that they say these, these have been made, you know, from aborted tissue. Uh, it's going to change my, could possibly change my genetics. Um, okay, I'm not going to have any more babies. That's maybe not going to be a big issue, but why? I mean, God made us the way and he put our systems together. We don't need to meddle with that. Um, so, and this was a Christian organization I'm working for and they had no problem with um, they had no religious objections to the staff taking this. Um, so I was told, okay, you're laid off without pay and goodbye until you change your mind and get the shot or the mandates change. So that was last September. So I've, it's, it's been an interesting, it was, I'd never not worked in all my 51 years, 52 years of being a nurse. I'd never not worked. So suddenly, what do you do with all this extra time? Even though it was just seemed to be, you know, evenings and weekends most of the time, it, it was a big transition. And I'd like to work and I it would have been good for our financial planning for the next, I'd planned to work for a, probably at least till I'm 75. And, and my workplace had no problem with that because actually a lot of our um, staff and residents had been nuns and they never retire. Those old nuns keep going forever. And they're great. They're amazing role models for women today. They just, they uh, enjoy their work, usually what they're doing, and they just keep working. And, and I thought it was something I would just keep doing, certainly for another two or three years. So that was hard. Um, I did discover something, and I'd like to make your viewers aware of it, um, because it was a shock to me, and I discovered it in the spring of 2020. And it might have come through Vaccine Choice Canada. We've joined all these organizations and there's such wonderful resources, Action for Canada and Police on Guard. We've joined them all um, because it's, it's so nice to have support from like-minded people. But there's a Canadian Government of Canada website called um, Policy Horizons Canada. And the, the web, web address is horizons.gc.ca. I don't know if you're aware of that. You can morning. get that. Horizons. Horizons. Okay. Horizons.gc.ca. Okay. Yep. And it's been there okay. for all the last two years. It's probably been there for longer than that. And it's, it says, what happens when biology and di digital technology merge? And it gives a lot of examples. And it says all of the technology needed to do what they are saying on this website of what our future is going to look like in Canada is already here all the technology is here and it's terrifying you read about there's one of the the points to read is about what your day will look like when you're living in this wonderful biodigital convergence thing well it i realized the only way they're going to get us to converge is to put something in our body so it's got to be this vaccine because that's the only way you're going to get something into people so it's a terrifying thing to read that. And I think Canadians aren't even aware that that's there and it's all coming to pass. It's all true. So wow. we, we sent out this as an email to some of our small group and our friends and family. Well, nobody responded. I, there was one couple that is like-minded like us. 
that uh, didn't want to get the shots uh, that were in our small group. Crickets from everybody else. Um, they, it, it just, it's, it, it was terrifying that this is all happening in front of us. It's like a bad movie playing out, but this is what's happening in our world today. And um, it's just, it's been very disturbing to say the least, but we've been looking for our tribe. We're trying now to find our joy again, just in, it's so easy to get trapped in the fear circle of, you know, like, okay, so um, we'll look after our health the best we can. We have lots of supply of good supplements. And um, I found another source for uh, ivermectin and for hydroxychloroquine that coming is coming from India and from a credible pharmaceutical company there. And um, we have to look after each other. And we've been doing that. Um, but my husband and I are very concerned about a church that the church is we live in Aurora Newmarket area, and I'm not aware of any church in our area that is talking about these issues. There could be, I'm just not aware of it. And you we, know, Janet, it's funny because er yeah, <laughs> everywhere, just to interrupt that, it's such a good point that you're making right now. Nobody's talking about this in churches. Uh, churches are one of the most amazing avenues to spread good information, information that would be against evil, information that would expose evil. And everywhere that we went, um, all through Saskatchewan, a couple of events in Manitoba, and all through Ontario, this is what the people said when Mark Friesen and myself went and told them everything that was going on. And they were saying, we just don't understand why our churches are not um, standing up and being the force that tells the truth on all of this. And you're right, they're not doing that. And it's been such a pet peeve of mine, having grown up in the church and believing that the word of God makes it very clear that we shouldn't run from the truth. In fact, the light of the truth exposes the darkness. We are to expose the evil um, deeds that are being done. And the very mechanism, the very foundation of the church is good against evil and exalting the truth. And we haven't been able to do it. Uh, some have, thank God, but you're right. It's few and far between, very difficult to find. And I just encourage every day, churches, please, pastors, don't be afraid to talk about what's going on, to bring in data, to bring in stats, to bring in even a special guest like yourself, to tell your story, to tell what you know. And you're right about the cancers too, like from a few minutes ago, we've just heard today, a friend of ours, cancer, uh, you know, scare is all, it's just, it's a problem. And Nobody wants this, but this is what they've been saying for a long time was about those cancers that would be stirred up by the vaccine. So this is not a surprise. And cancers, you can see that they're on the rise everywhere. So I appreciate that. Um, go ahead. That's that's pretty much of just where we've been sitting with. Um, what's happened? Knowing, kind of yeah. knowing what's happening, hearing Dr. Kerry Madej talk about what's actually in the shots and now there's more and more doctors around the world that have done that investigation and looked at, at, under the microscope at what's in there. And it's, it's, it's unbelievable that, you know, they're really trying to depopulate us. Right. And it's a yes, family. Are. 
Yes. Yes. It's affected all of us with our families, our friends, uh, because some people wanted to believe it or took time to investigate. I think it's really time to investigate. I don't quite understand the uh, hesitancy of so many to just actually listen to some good information or to some doctors that are actually telling the truth. That has been a shocking thing. Uh, the other thing um, is, is that uh, do you think that there can be a change in your situation? Not being offered EI, that's so shocking. So you can't force people to get a medical procedure that now has caused on the VAERS reports almost 30,000 deaths. And every day I see here that while we've been talking, I always keep an eye on you know, some of my favorite people who are posting all day long because it never fails. And right as we've been talking, former NFL player dies at 35 after suffering a cardiac arrest while on a run. This is a common story now. People are having a run. They're out doing something athletic. They are athletic and they're dying. They're dropping dead. And you know, people like yourself were not willing to just be a sheep, go along with it all, um, having some information, you know, and understanding of these uh, vaccines and of, of the medical system. Um, at the top of the hour, I basically said, Janet, that um, it has come to light that doctors and, and their families have been offered Vax passes, a lot of them. What What do you think about that? Because you could have uh, taken that. I am so disappointed in doctors today. It, I, I just can't even believe these are doctors. I mean, I've worked with doctors for the last 50 years. And most of them have been excellent. I would say uh, very, very few issues with doctors not doing what they're expected to do but the last two years the absolute blind eye turned and obviously it's got something to do with the monetary payment i think money would be the only thing that could get because they absolutely give up their integrity and it's not just like one or two it's a whole hospital's worth it in our Canadian frontline nurses group, that was the, a huge wake up call because we started that very early in 2020. We met every Monday night on Zoom and Kristen Nagel, who you've had on, um, was one of the ones she and Sarah started the Zoom call. And it was such a godsend because we all felt so alone and we had nurses across Canada and it kept growing every week. And some from the US joined in on our Canadian call. and. We would hear from nurses that were actually working in the ICU and in eMERGE at that time, like they were still working. They hadn't brought in the mandates in 2020, so nurses still had their jobs, but they were fearful that things were gonna change. And they said the wards are empty. Are the ICU's not full. They were finding that they were just coming in and sedating people as soon as, especially elderly, as soon as they came in, they were labeled a COVID death. And then we find out because the hospitals are being reimbursed for COVID deaths, they were reimbursed even more if they're put on a ventilator. Um, the drugs that they were using for seniors should never be used. You don't put 
midazolam is, is also Versed, which is a very strong, strong opioid. You don't put seniors on that because it never works the way you want it to. And here, they're just, I basically, to me, it's murder. It's medical murder. And so we were hearing right from the beginning that the patients in the ICU, they were not, they shouldn't have been ventilated. Then they started turning them over and caring for them, ventilating them on their stomachs because they could breathe better that way and maybe get off the ventilator. It was just, and I know you went through the hospital thing with your dad. It's just a travesty. The doctors have, I have no answer for the doctors. And then you, you get wonderful doctors like Dr. Hoff and the Canadian doctors that we have that have spoken out. And, and you know, they're, they're, they're blacklisted. They're, they lose their licenses. Dr. Phillips in Ontario, they, it's, it's, something is so wrong with our medical system. It'll never, it really is in our generation. It really is. I just mm -hmm. thank you so much uh, for what you've done. I thank you for uh, being involved in speaking the truth and sharing the truth in our country when so many doctors uh, have failed us and have frankly become part of a tyrannical system and you have stood strong and lived up to your convictions and if all the nurses and doctors did that, can you imagine? We wouldn't be facing this today. But I do hope that you can maybe get your job back. I did post today that the Canadian military is no longer going to be um, asking for these uh, the military guys to get the um, to get the uh, the shot any longer, and that in the future. No one's going to be asked to leave. Uh, look, it's looking good in that way. And the, the jig's up, I hope. You know, Janet, I hope mm, this is mm. getting to the end of it. Uh, let's hope. Our youth pastor from our church um, in 2020 and 21, early 21, um, he's known to the funeral directors and the police in the community. He's very effective. He's been a long time youth pastor. And he said he could have done a youth suicide funeral every week. Like he didn't know these people, but they would call him because the, the police knew that he would do a good funeral for the families and comfort the families. But the, the, the outfall of all of this is way bigger than a vaccine. I mean, our society is just, it'll never recover in our generation. Now, my husband comforts me from time to time and reminding me that God will always leave a remnant. And, and we deliberately read through the Old Testament. Uh, I did last year and the year before, um, reading right through the Bible from the beginning. And it's been horrific. Every, every generation biblically has been horrific. And God has allowed tens and hundreds of thousands of people to die in one day um, throughout different stories of the Bible. So this is our war today. This is a war that we're having. This is our war. And this it's all our generation's war. It's all leading to a digital control and, and uh, the education system has just been so corrupted for our children and dumbing it down and, and just all this crazy nonsense with transgender and confusion for children. It's, it's so oh, sad. It's, and it goes, all goes back to the UN, Janet. That's the thing. Yes. We've all been duped by the UN. 
everybody who thinks, oh, you'll just be nice. This new thing's happened. I mean, you know, people in, when you went back, you know, were in school, how many transgenders did you know, Janet, that were in your school, yeah. right? It, yeah, it's a, it's a brand new thing. And ask any, you know, elderly person. So what's happening, everybody? Is it suddenly something's in the water and we've got, you know, four kids in every school or even every class, you know, that suddenly are transgender. But if you want to Google something, Google transgender and SDGs, which is the Sustainable Development Goals of the United Nations, the WEF. They have colluded, Soros funded the transgender agenda. So everyone out there who thinks I'm just going to be nice, you know, because, well, we don't want to hurt transgender kids. No, what they're doing is creating it. They have now created this agenda to be, you know, being proliferated through all of our schools and vaccines. That is a UN agenda. The climate crisis, that is a UN agenda. Everything, uh, putting everything on critical race theory, right? Uh, trying to turn Canada into some kind of racist country or America into some kind of racist country. It's ridiculous, you know, based on Obama even being the president for two times, right? He had the most epic amount of votes of all time. Of course, until Biden beat Obama in all of the votes. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, we're all shocked by that, but I guess it must have really happened. In any case, these are all United Nations uh, things. And so what's happened to you, this is the fight of our lives. I just thank you so much for taking time to be with us and also for fighting so hard. Janet, you are just a wonderful person. I guess, do you, do you wanna go back to work? If they were gonna offer you your job I think back, it would do you be, wanna go? Well, I'd like to work again and there, nobody will hire a nurse that isn't vaccinated when I, I get sort of um, agency emails every week but i wouldn't qualify for any of them it, i would only want a we'd nurse have to have a very vaccinated. hard we would have to have a very hard conversation about what it would look like to work there again because they're yes. just you know they're so fearful it, it's they're germophobic and just terrified of this virus and it's i'll tell not you what janet Exactly. Uh, I have got the most epic Tucker Carlson clip at the end of this show after my next guest and he's waiting in the wings, so I better get to him. But I have the most epic Tucker Carlson. And basically, it's all being revealed that the vaccine, the vaccines are harming our natural immune process so that we are not able to build natural immunity. And now we've got virus after virus after, you know, that they're, you know, changing, right? And and the people that are vaccinated, there are studies that are coming out that are showing this is not the pandemic of the unvaccinated, quite the mm -hmm. contrary. And it's very sad because family members, friends have been deceived. And now, you know, we find out doctors are getting fake vax passes while their patients know nothing about the truth and are getting the vaccine. And so you've done a great part, um, mm -hmm. Janet, in standing up for what's right. You'll be on the right side of history for what you've done. And you, if I wanted a, a needed a nurse, I would only want you there. You're the only one I would trust, let me tell you. <laughs> you and all the good nurses that have done the exact same thing and have uh, uh, had to sacrifice their job. So thank you for being with us today and sharing your very very uh, troubling story in our times. We Thank appreciate you, for you what Janet. you're doing. You, you are a bright light in a very dark world. 
<laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. And I especially appreciate it because you had to wait a while as we got everything set up. You were so patient. Thank you. God bless you, Janet. You too. Bless you. Wow. What a lovely lady. Hey. Woo. All right. Wow. We're going through tyranny, right? Well, our next guest. Tiptoe to Tyranny is a series by award-winning filmmaker Chris Harrigan that begins pre-pandemic. Wow. Was there tyranny before the pandemic? <laughs> I, I think there was. And I do remember certainly having a few things uh, that I complained about that I thought the world was going crazy and we shouldn't be doing these things. But Somehow, Chris Harrigan was all over this before the pandemic. So this begins pre-pandemic and takes the viewer all the way to the Canadian Freedom Convoy and covers everything in between, from mandates to lockdowns, along with the people pushing back, this filmmaker found himself in the middle of all of it. Every step of the way, Chris Herring, Harrigan is a producer-director writer from Eastern Canada with a background in cinematography and post-production. And I am honored because apparently I'm going to be in his final production. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, Chris, welcome to the show and thank you for all that you're doing. Appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you and thanks for having me on. You're, you're welcome. So tell me about this. What did you start doing pre-pandemic? What what were you concerned about? What what kind of uh, filmmaking and, and what kind of segments were you filming before the pandemic? This will probably blow your mind. <laughs> um, just a little bit about me. The background is I was I was in mainstream for two decades, and uh, in 2013, um, and I've worked on hundreds of documentaries, and I pretty much run the gambit what you can do but in 2013 let me just get the uh, sound uh, turned down on this, this just a second Chris okay yeah I was there Chris how did you get to film in there I, I got denied I I was there should we listen the for a sec Gloria and I started this uh, Gloria Barton who is part of Splendron she wanted to do muffins and coffee, but you know, I put out our call for help to feed our truck drivers. We're up on, gonna be up on the hill for our freedom. Uh, no more masks, no more the mandate, be able to cross borders. Um, you know, our grocery stores are getting low for sure. Um, we need our truck drivers and we need them to get across. So we've set this up so everybody can uh, be well fed and uh, whatever's left over, we're donating. Chris, this is so cool. And I, I hats off to you. I think that this was at a location sort of outside the city, right? Like yeah, it was, was in Ontario. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, was in, it wasn't far from Ottawa. We didn't drive long from there. But uh, right, right. It was, it, was a it was a truck stop. There was hundreds of truckers there warming up, lots of food, lots of love, lots of, uh, and this is just something I took, you know, pretty quick as I was, as the trip was going, because I was in the lead truck. Uh, the pony truck that led the convoy from Eastern Canada to Ottawa. So I got right. a lot of great footage from that too. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So, so here's why I said this is going to blow your mind. Um, yeah. 
back in 2013, I ran into a story about a man named Rick Simpson. Uh, a lot of people may know who he is, but he was he was a guy from Nova Scotia who was claiming to cure all sorts of stuff with uh, cannabis oil, including cancer. So I decided I had to go check this out, and I just grabbed the camera. And over time, I was quite ambitious in my industry, so I've been the producer, the director, um, eventually the director of photography, uh, post-production, I've done it all, like offline editing, online editing, everything. So I just grabbed the camera. I began just filming this story that then wound up getting the attention of the world. Uh, there was another documentary about him called uh, Run From The Cure. So, but the, the point being, I went back to the mainstream. I mean, it was my industry and I put this thing out and I put it out for free. It got, you know, millions of views. I didn't, you know, I never profited from it, but it felt great that so many people had benefited from it. That said, I went back to the, uh, uh, the mainstream. I had my own company and, uh, Shortly thereafter, the Trailer Park Boys hired me to work season 10. And then they, uh, the week after wrap, they hired me to produce a film called Trippin' with Lee, where we went to Peru and the Amazon. We did shamanic medicines, or I filmed it anyway. I did wind up doing it myself also. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, but the, 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 the plant medicines had grabbed my attention, you know, and that led to the Trailer Park Boys hiring me to do this. Trippin' with Lee is actually online. Anybody can see it. Um, but in 2018, 2017, this was in 2016. I did this in 2017. I had my own company. Things were going good. I had, you know, uh, but I was sick all year. I couldn't get back into mainstream anything anymore. And in 2018, I went there, I saw that there was going to be a conference in Acapulco with all the people I ever wanted to interview, uh, like G Edward Griffin and Max Egan and Cynthia McKinney, hopefully some of you guys know these names, <laughs> Derek Bros, uh, just a myriad of people that I wanted to. So I called the conference and said I was coming down and I intended to get some interviews and stuff. And they wound up hiring me to work the conference. And so um, that gave me even more interviews because it was a bit of a, you know, a golden key to get some of the harder people. Now, I sat on these interviews for a while and I wasn't really sure what to happen. These crazy adventures kept happening. I went down to Mexico six times. Uh, Jeff Berwick and Luke Wadowski and I went down to um, a, a town in Mexico called Chiron that uh, kicked out the cartels all in one day. Uh, the cartels, they went down to the police station, took their guns, kicked them out, went down to the um, politicians uh and kick them out and they've been crime free ever since ruling themselves like so these cool adventures kept happening but i had these interviews and they were talking about i mean max egan was talking about social credit scores and stuff that like this wasn't really on the radar yet so the next year i went again i i met del big tree and interviewed him before he was really del big tree i didn't really know who he was i just i was like hey you're the vaccine guy <laughs> just ran into i love him, him. Yeah, and we got along right away, so I got a great interview with him. Uh, and then, you know, life went kind of back, back to normal, sort of. Like, I was fighting. We had the fight here in New Brunswick. We had an education minister who was just completely hell-bent on vaccinating on all our kids. Like, he didn't seem to have any other agenda in mind. So we had to fight this guy for over a year, and that was a hard fight. 
and then uh, I went back to uh, to work for a bit, and then we were into COVID. Now this is why I'm going to say it. it's mind blowing. It's because I was covering everything in COVID, all the protests, everything, until one day it dawned on me. All those interviews I took in 2018, it's happening now in real time. So never mind getting interviews after it happens or during while it happens. Try getting interviews before it ever even happens. And that's what I got. And at the same time, I'm meeting Chris Sky, I'm meeting the Pack Kings, everybody that's all involved in this. And all of a sudden it's all marrying together. You understand? And that became, I originally just started with one idea with how I was just going to marry all the current events with these old, um, interviews and just blow everybody's mind that way. Look, you can't call it a theory. Like these guys called it out way before. Um, so that's where I'm at now. It evolved into a series. And now when I first put this out, I, I, I put out a GoFundMe and just said, okay, if this takes legs, I'm going with it. And it did. And, uh, so I got, I got canceled by GoFundMe before it was cool, just by the trailer that anybody can see YouTube hasn't even pulled it down. So I don't know why GoFundMe did. And uh, since then I just been banned everywhere. I was with go get funding and a bunch of my donations disappeared. So I don't really use them anymore, but I'm sure what happened there. Uh, I went to go get, go send. What was the one that the truckers used after, uh, give, send, go. Uh, I never even been there before. From the States. My IP address was banned. (laughs) Like like they got you every which way. I got subscribed, Sarah. I've been on the waiting list for, I don't know. It's been a month now. Of course, Facebook, I'm completely shadow banned. I never really got into the other social media platforms. So this is uh, this is where it's at right now. I did get it up on Vimeo. So um, now essentially, like I, I this, this entire production was still people funded. I don't have another in- income. Like I went all in on this and it's been hard. Like I, when I wasn't losing my place because I wasn't vaccinated, you know, the money did run out a few times and it, but I was all in, like, I mean, so it's been a rough go. Oh, it hasn't been easy. That's yeah. For sure. So are you, did, do you have that sort of story in, in your production at all about like the behind the scenes, you got to do the behind the scenes, how hard it's been for you to actually do it. Well, that's what I'm doing now. <laughs> good, good, good. Well, I hope that this but is no, there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right, no Aaron, roll the trailer. Let's watch. To the world at large, normalcy only returns when we've largely vaccinated the entire global population. This will be the new normal until a vaccine is developed. Have you identified yourself as a police officer in a gathering about five people? Uh, actually, you guys are the ones gathering this This time is so important what's happening to humanity and we really have to put down the fear and realize that the choice is ours to make. A lot of people aren't seeing that, they're waiting to be saved and I think that's a big problem. Because of brainwashing and programming, most people just are incapable of even seeing the truth. As the state power grows, individual liberties shrink, always supposedly for our own good, of course. They know that the more people are afraid, 
of these threats, the more willing they are to give up their liberty in the name of protection against these threats. This is a new normal that is being caused by the pharmaceutical industry and science all around the world is proving it. It's the regulatory agencies that are creating this lie and the doctors are buying it. I think it's more like a religion. The deep state is comprised of individuals who have an unusual amount of leverage with the public state. They are guided and directed in their policy by unnamed people who are able to leverage their power inside the public state. That's the deep state. These are highly corrupt individuals who now have complete control over the apparatus of the state. In everything we're doing, we're failing to factor into the equation the reality that this world is run by criminals who are going to attempt to change everything that you do and co-opt it and find a means of controlling it. We have reached a point where the size and reach of government control over our lives is extreme. We are on the rapid path to totalitarianism. The government's track record, you just look at their past, it's like an exponential growth of, of tyranny. There's new systems coming in, like a social crediting system that is coming online. It's, it's already online in China, whereby they will penalize what you can and cannot buy depending on what your political views are. There's a constant battle between good technology, positive technology, which by that I mean that serves the people, empowers, it uh, frees people, you know, it's not invasive and the bad technology, which is typically in the hands of government and sometimes private actors that's invasive, it's destructive, it's violating privacy, violating individual liberties. A lot of people are realizing they've been uh, lied to, they're being manipulated, they're recognizing this coming from the government, they're recognizing this coming from the media, uh, and they're getting sick and tired of it, and they're looking to alternative sources for information. Alright guys, I'm live streaming this right now, so please say hi to the world, Vancouver. As the resistance is growing, so too are they scrambling right now to try to deal with this awakening that is happening. The deep state is able to prevail because it specializes in the politics of divide and rule. You will see people actually really getting angry and really fighting those of us who are trying to wake people up. But there's more and more people waking up and there's going to have to be a tipping point at some point. Almost four months into the vaccination effort, providers are beginning to run out of people who want to be euthanized. We see the corruption. We know the corruption. We feel the corruption. Our communities suffer as a result of their corruption. It's time for people to really step up to the plate with this and realize that we have to start embracing this ourselves and we have to be the ones that are pushing in the direction that we want. If people actually understood what's going on in the world, they would take back the power to themselves again. If those that condemn you for being concerned about our direction could glimpse the future of our present course, they might reconsider their treatment of you. I still believe that the people have the power. We can do it. That's the important thing. I see an uprising, and I see the people standing up until the government bows, because the people are never going to bow to you. Wow. I love it. That's it's, amazing. That's the one that got me kicked off GoFundMe, that trailer. That was the first trailer I made. And then, of course, like I said, the, it, it kept evolving because the events kept happening and I kept covering them. You see what I mean? And then it's like, so these become even more prophetic. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's quite a beast. I've never made it or even worked on a documentary like this. Like it's, 
it's its own thing really it's telling me how to make it and it's 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 a tricky one well not a tricky one and anyway the, the very the first film in the series is done and it's out and uh i kind of i didn't make a big noise about it i just put it in the water and kind of gave it a little shove uh there's other things going on this month uh there's <clears throat> That, that are big in, in the communities that I'm involved with. Like there's the anarchist that's playing on HBO. That's a really big show uh, that I was a cameraman for. And uh, there's a couple other documentaries this month that are coming out. And I'm, I just put it out there and I just want to make, see it make its own way, you know, because this is, it is, it's like, how was I always there? Uh, every one of these junctions, it was crazy. Like it, I just found myself in every situation. Yeah. It's your destiny. You were you were there, and uh, I totally I totally get what you mean. Like, what an honor! In spite of how crazy this is, what an honor to be young enough to fight back. Um, my father uh, passed away last October, and he was such a fighter. And um, I realized that the Lord had given me an opportunity to be here at the right time with enough energy to fight because I would talk to my senior dad, 86 years old, and I'd try to kind of tell him what was going on. And I could see that he'd go, wow, that's just terrible, you know? And he'd listen. And I knew that he his earthly body was failing and he's such a fighter. And I could see his face just go, and he'd be upset. But he didn't have the ability. His time was up here. But, but for us, we're here at an epic hour with tools, energy, and a mind to fight really hard. And you are using everything you've got to fight right now. And I sure love that. I really do. How do we see your first uh, release then? Well, right now it's on uh, Vimeo on demand is the only way that there can even, it can even exist. And what that does is I okay. can't, I can't ask for contributions really anymore or anything like that. There's just no method for me to do it. So by renting the film wow. or buying the film, you're, you're contributing to me finishing you're supporting you. this series. Yeah. You're supporting it. And I mean, once there's enough money like that, I'm secured in making the next one, it's going up for free. I wish I could put it out for free, but you know, like it does have to get done. And I have you know, a father. Oh, uh, absolutely, Chris. And we have to support the people that are investing their time in showing the truth, getting the word out there. And so do we just type in uh, uh, Vimeo on demand, V-I-M-E-O, right? Yeah, yeah. Vimeo on demand, tiptoe to tyranny. Uh, what was the most fascinating thing then with you being... Uh, you, you were there in Ottawa. Uh, you've seen all this unfold. What do you think? Tiptoe to tyranny. Uh, it's getting more of a tiptoe, more than a tiptoe. It's kind of stomping its way and running its way to tyranny at this point, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it, it has. And I mean, I, I, I don't know about you, but I mean, I saw all this coming. That's why I shut down my business. That's why I did. That's why I knew it was coming. There was no sense in doing all that stuff. There, it was time to start waking up the people or there was going to be no world to save, you know, that's, 
That's what I what dawned on me in 2018, and I don't mind saying it because I could see it that far back. I could see what was coming. I could see what they were doing. And uh, the the second they announced COVID, the day, I mean, I wasn't fooled for a second. I've worked in news. I, I worked for CTV, Halifax. I worked for ABC, Fox. All I work. I know news. And when you have every single broadcaster in the world not just saying the same narrative, but the same words. Like it's you're being had, you know. And, you could and of see every I, single show doing yeah, the same thing, see, right? Course, they all the talking points, yeah. Exactly, and I don't see television probably the same as other people. I mean, it's lost on me forever. I hear every cut, and I hear every little thing. You know, I can tell when something's been manipulated. But I mean, the day that I saw that, I know how news works. In the morning, everybody goes up. Like the technicians are on the on the ground floor. And all the all the reporters go up into the glass room, the talking point with the news managers, and the talking points come from Toronto because there has to be a certain uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Everybody's kind of got to be on the same page across the network, across the country, and locally, right? So this has to happen. But with like, I mean, at the end of the day, the guy that's on your that talking head that's on your screen is only reading a teleprompter. It's sitting on a camera in this amount of time. That's his job. Nothing more, nothing less. You know? Right. And uh, right. So when you just Chris, you hear the same words. You live in Canada, right? Yes. Yeah, you live in Canada, right? So you're Canadian. Um, what What is your opinion? Could I ask you? Uh, some people saying that Trudeau's going to be uh, launching a new election. I'm in shock uh, because I can't understand who would vote for this man. Or does he want out? Uh, like, why would he be gearing up for another election. Do you see that? Or do you think that he's in till 2025 and he's not going to be touching an election? Well, I think to get into that, we'd almost have to talk about all like last week was insane. Look how many prime ministers and stuff stepped down. It was a, you know, the prime minister, uh, old prime minister from Japan was assassinated. Um, There's so much happening. And how much of what you see on TV is real? I mean, I can't even tell anymore, you know, with latex and stuff and cgi and all that you know i watch movies and i can't tell like it's getting so good how would you how do you even know what you're seeing is real i mean right like right so why is trudeau doing any of these things Uh, is that even trudeau at this point i don't even know i know that sounds out there but i mean i have heard lots of reports that he's got is it trudeau is it jim carrey we don't know (laughs) (laughs) we don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, we don't know. I mean, I'm just saying, yeah. like in this time, you can't really even you can't trust mm-hmm. anything you see on TV. The only thing I you know, can trust and as a filmmaker, you know that, yeah, yeah. Unless it's one rolling shot, like you you have on you or Del Big Tree has on him, that's all you can really trust because there isn't a cut there. Even if there's two cameras, you can't really trust what you're seeing on on screen because yeah. you can cut between the cameras, you know. So. Trudeau, I don't know. I can't tell what's really, this whole thing's become such a bizarre world, but I do look at things with an eye of, if I was the producer, how would I write that? You know what I mean? And it does kind of play out a lot. Like there always has to be the demon and the, you know, like I used to, no matter what people think of Trump, you know, uh, if I was the guy writing the script when Trump was in there, that's exactly the kind of guy I would have wanted in there because it caused like so much division. 
I happen to to like listening to Trump and stuff. I think he's he's cool to listen to and all that. I but love I'm just it. Saying you know what I loved about too. Trump? Yeah. But what I loved about Trump is he would go out and have the the unedited clips in front of the entire media. He would call right. on the mainstream media that wrote the worst things about him. And he'd go, oh, you know, you're, you always write such crap. But here's the answer. And I know you're not going to print it. But he would, like, have a whole press conference nonstop. Of course, Biden can't do that because, you know, people would have to usher him away very fast before he says something that's going to absolutely destroy his legacy even more um you know and recently i mean he's just said he had cancer and covid and i don't even know if he really has cancer because no one's really talking about it and did he just say have a a seniors moment and say that or does biden have cancer and is that the way that they're going to get him out because everyone knows he's not going to be able to finish two years it's too embarrassing for them But Trump, you know, they'll put somebody else in, but uh, Trump was just one of the most willing to face his uh, his enemies, you know, dead on with what they had said. And he would explain it. And of course, they'd never put it in the right context or anything like that. But at least you had a guy willing to talk. Yeah, that's what made me pay attention to Trump in the first place is how much the media was like, you know, like shunning him and doing all that stuff. But I will say this about about Trump. Now you said that, like, I can tell when I'm looking at an actor, you look at Justin Castro or whatever you want to call him and 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 Biden and or and Barack Obama or whatever, like you're listening to an actor, you can tell or I can tell. Right. But when you're listening to, to Trump, like if that guy's acting like that guy needs something better than an Academy you know, Award. Exactly. Like he's, that, just, that's... he's just the real deal. You've never seen anybody who loves America more than this guy, uh, who believes in it, who wants to fight for Americans first. I love this. I want that kind of prime minister for us. I want somebody putting Canadians first. No, no, no. Justin Trudeau has sold us out and he probably got a fake fax. Who knows? Because you, if you saw that first one that he got, the lady just goes like this and, you know, points it into his shoulder. What kind of vaccine is that? Then you've got all the fake, fake vax passes that uh, the doctors are getting. But, but the, the thing about Trump is you knew somehow he survived like the worst accusations and the nastiest attacks and some because his behavior had been bad but i'm about redemption because god has redeemed me so so i was easy it was very easy for me to go yeah trump's made mistakes and they're just you know terrible but he is forgiven by god the same as i am so i'm not gonna throw stones at something he did many years ago i do know he loves melania i see him in a in a relationship there's been no sexual scandals at all I see a guy who's fought harder. I see a guy where the, his Hispanic, uh, the voter turnout was massive last time and it's grown. The Hispanics are turning towards him. Uh, the African-American group is now um, turning towards Trump. Why? Because he invested more money in the African-American community than Obama did because he cared. He's had people uh, that have worked for him that stand up and say wonderful things about him. And so 
you know, in all of this, that is that is part of this whole scheme. He's not bought out by the WHO, which he he was, you know, he told them we're not part of you anymore. Uh, Biden got in and put it back in. And the WHO is nothing but a pack of lying snakes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Like one guy that's in my film, J. Edward Griffin, I mean, who spells it out better than him? He wrote the creature from Jekyll Island, exposed the Federal Reserve, the U.N., all that stuff, all these branches of it. You know, like he's almost the original. Um, you're right. There's there's just so much corruption. It's not, and, and what I, you know, of course, like I said, I said I paid attention. I don't really pay attention to politics, but I mean, you, you had to over the last few years, right? And uh, the one thing, I mean, I was watching Trump and I mean, there's, there's, there's no wars going on. There's no tensions with North Korea. There's no, you know, clearly there's an opposition to the woke left. Now, I will add that I may be opinionated on a podcast here or, or, you know, but I don't add a narrative to any of my films. It's up to the viewer. I just present the facts and um, I wanted to make that clear. Uh, this this starts pre-pandemic. It's I'm showing basically the year or two before and how, you know, all the tech censorship had already put, put into place. The police had already been militarized. This the vaccine narratives was rampant. Like these are the things that I'm reminding people, I'm bringing you back in time a little bit and then showing you in real time and in a grassroots way, like, look at, look, look at how this played out, you know? And then, and then at the end of that film, we're into the pandemic. Now the second one is a lot more brutal. It's a lot more about the, you are ahead of the curve. You are ahead of the curve. And, and I really honor you for that. That's just fantastic. And good for you. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you. If you guys can add in the description, I like it better when, if people e-transfer me the money, I'll send you a link, you know, that way they're, cause Vimeo and everybody else likes to take a cut too. And uh, that's in, in this way here, I get to kind of say hi, like, Hey, thanks for, you know, doing that. And here's your personalized link. That's, so that's another way people can do that. Uh, but where, yeah, where should, yeah, it's a link that they wouldn't be able to click on that's for sure going through so where should people if you're saying you'd like an e-transfer where would people do that chris well that's just that c t harrigan c is in chris t is in thomas harrigan h-a-r-r-i-g-a-n at gmail okay. uh, dot com and like i said it's just it's it's my favorite way because i get to say hi back and thank you and uh and you're all helping me get this not only get this series done but helping us get it out uh to the public for free as quickly as possible because that's what I want to. Um, I love it. I think Keep up the great work. Thank, Thank you. you so you much, too, Chris. Laura. This is the first of three or maybe four films in the series, but this is the first and it's feature length. So watch it. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for joining us and take good care. And uh, keep on producing all of that great content telling the truth about uh, tiptoeing to tyranny. It's awesome. Thank Thanks, Chris. Okay. I think that that is going to be great. I absolutely loved that uh, teaser there. I, I, I love good productions. Uh, I'm a producer at heart. I've done a few things. Uh, I put together once, uh, remember that, that one we put together about eight minutes long and it went up to 375,000 or something. And then I think uh, YouTube totally canned us. So 
oh, it was awful. But I did all kinds of, I, I've loved putting clips together, you know, uh, showing um, the truth about what Dr. Zelenko was saying, what some of those early people were doing, because I felt it was very important to get the truth out and I couldn't find it enough. I'd only find it, you know, in some obscure places and then you try to get it before it'd be taken down. Um, and then you needed all the information to be in a, a nice little, you know, uh, tight sort of uh, shot, a little snippet so that people could understand it. So that's great what Chris is doing. Take a look at, uh, so we'll go now to number 31. Tucker Carlson, you are going to love this. If you have stood, if you have waited, if you have been dishonored and rejected, if you have been mistreated for standing up and not caving in to what they've tried to make us all do. The truth is coming out and you will be exonerated. You will be exonerated. Take a look at Tucker Carlson. Story here is the medical story. Joe Biden and a whole lot of other people have gotten pretty sick with COVID after getting multiple shots. What is that about exactly? How did that happen? It's easy to just mock that this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. That's clearly untrue. But is there a connection between getting most, multiple COVID vac shots and getting sicker? Is it possible that the vaccine actually can hurt you, especially if you keep getting boosted? Can it weaken your immune system? Well, that looks possible. Multiple studies have looked into this. Just last month, the Journal of Food and Chemical Toxicology published the findings of several mRNA researchers, and we're quoting, in this paper, we present evidence that vaccination induces a profound impairment in type one interferon signaling, which has diverse adverse consequences to human health. Well, that seems like a headline. Did you read that in the New York Times? No, you probably didn't. Kind of weird since hundreds of millions of people got the shot. The researchers continued that in their studies of the COVID vaccine, quote, we identify link to neurodegenerative disease, myocarditis, Bell's palsy, liver disease, impaired adaptive immunity, impaired DNA damage response, etc. So it's possible, in fact, it's looking likely that the vaccine might suppress the immune system. This fact, the authors concluded, will quote, have a wide range of consequences, not the least of which include the reactivation of latent viral infections and the reduced ability to effectively combat future infections, end quote. Now, again, we sincerely hope that's not true, but it's not just the conclusion of one scientific journal. The Lancet, maybe the most famous scientific journal in the world, released similar findings in February. The Lancet's piece was entitled, quote, risk of infection, hospitalization, and death up to nine months after a second dose of COVID-19 vaccine. A physician called Kenji Yamamoto made this observation about the data from The Lancet. He wrote this in a letter to the Journal of Virology, and we're quoting, the study showed that immune function among vaccinated individuals eight months after the administration of two doses of COVID-19 vaccine was lower than that among the unvaccinated individuals. Ah, now your first response, if you're a humane person to a line like that has got to be deep sympathy because people were misled, they were forced, they were forced. Medical ethics thrown out the window. People were forced to take medicine they didn't want and some of them may have been hurt by it. And you don't have to take this man's word for it. Pull up the Lancet study yourself. You won't find anything of the text of the article saying what Kenji Yamamoto said, which is weird. Why would the Lancet want to hide a major finding like that? 
We can't say. But if you look at table three in the piece, here's what you'll find buried in the data. Among people around the age of 80 who have been double vaccinated, that would include people like Joe Biden, the per capita rate of medical incidences, including hospitalizations or death, is nearly twice as high as the rate of serious incidents for the unvaccinated. This is 180 days after vaccination. What is that? And why is no one interested? Wow. Why is no one interested? Why is why are so many people unwilling to speak the truth? And now that it's all coming out, even in the Lancet, in these other studies that have been done, showing the truth that the immune system of those that have been taking the vaccine, it looks like they're compromised. And we have many variants to go because it's not looking like we're getting rid of COVID-19. So how is this okay? Well, take a look at uh, this next video. This is actually a global TV story on how 50% of Canadians are concerned about long-term effects. You wouldn't know it by what you hear in the news, would you? You wouldn't know that so many Canadians are actually understanding that there might be a problem here. Take a look. Exclusive Ipsos polling conducted for Global News finds two-thirds of Canadians would take a booster shot without hesitation. Still, just over half, 53%, say they are concerned about potential long-term effects of boosters and how many shots will be needed in the future. 75% of respondents agreed booster shots lessen the chance of hospitalization, while 66% feel they prevent infection. Yeah, I think what you're seeing over time is that the urgency about all of this is in decline. People certainly accept the arguments that uh, getting a booster shot reduces the chance that they'll end up in hospital, uh, reduces the chance that they may actually get COVID. Uh, but their sense that, um, you know, the urgency around this uh, is not what it was, uh, say, a year ago or 18 months ago, where people have more experience with the disease these days, and they think that they can basically take their time. So we don't see as much urgency. There's, a, there's an intention to get um, to, to, to get boosted. Uh, or, and, and for people who uh, even are under vaccinated and need more than boosting, uh, there's an intention to do it, but there doesn't seem to be an urgency to do it. The, the interesting that's, uh, thing that I see in this is that when we go, is looking at this over time. So previously, when we were having these conversations about access to vaccines, it really was about the question of access, whether or not people could actually obtain a shot. So there was a mad rush, particularly at the start of, uh, of, of uh, vaccines being available to, to people getting vac vaccinated. The public's not feeling that way at the moment. They still feel it's the right thing to do. They still feel that they should be, uh, uh, that there are benefits that are associated with it. Uh, but the issue now isn't a concern about access. It's just uh, uh, a combination of things like, for example, not really feeling the need to do it immediately, and also a building level of concern about what potentially the long-term effects could be of, uh, of, of, um, of COVID vaccine. Um, I think we should be worried. So three physicians also at Mississauga hospitals have died this week. Cause of death was not shared in the memo. And I always find that very, very interesting. Uh, rest in peace, uh, physicians. Um, nobody is now really saying cause of death. Have, have you noticed that? A lot of uh, 
when there's notices of deaths, uh, you know, a, a soccer player or somebody is, you know, doing different things. They're not, they're not stating what the cause of death is. And for me, um, if you're not stating it, I think that's very suspect. And in actual fact, is proof probably that it has something to do with what they don't want to talk about. Um, let's have a look at this uh, number 29, Queensland police that are going to force officers over 50 to receive their fourth COVID vaccine. Queensland faces a severe third COVID wave. Seven News can reveal the police commissioner will mandate a fourth booster shot for officers aged over 50. The service is forging ahead with mandates while the state government moves further away from them. Their mandate is to protect, and the commissioner says she's protecting officers with mandates. Sending out this direction, all members 50 years old and over must receive their fourth winter booster vaccination. It's in line with the Australian Technical Advisory Group's advice issued just a fortnight ago. But in Queensland, there are still no vaccine mandates for firefighters. Healthcare workers need two shots. Paramedics and anyone in aged care must have three. Only officers will need four to keep their jobs. I think the time for some of those mandates is possibly behind us at the moment. It's a little bit more complicated than it was early on when it was very clear that there was a benefit from some of those rules. Queensland's booster rate remains Australia's worst at 64.1%, even as our hospitals face record numbers of COVID patients above 1,000 today. There were 9,000 new cases. Queensland recorded 10 deaths and the peaks not here yet. It could easily still be three or four weeks away if we don't intervene. A week on from the Origin Decider at Suncorp Stadium, the results are in. Griffith University research shows COVID cases have gone up 70%. Masks weren't a must, they still aren't. Well, we're not mandating because people have to we, we trust people to use their personal responsibility. The ECA begins in a fortnight. Any gathering of people has the potential to be a super spreader event. Schools are taking extra precautions. We are really uh, being careful. I mean, even something like uh, we're not having full school assemblies now. At Myris College Ashgrove, masks are encouraged, not enforced, following the government letting Queenslanders make their choices. Wow, so why would they be forcing this on uh, police officers and not the other health authorities like, you know, firemen and, and all of that? You know, what is the reason that globally nothing makes sense? Well, we know they have got an agenda of destruction against mankind. There is some sort of vicious evil to not only possibly take our lives, but in the process, steal our joy and get us worried and full of anxiety. But here's the thing. Do you know what I love about being free and being out? See, I'm out. I'm out of the closet. I'm not a closet uh, anti-tyranny person. And many of you out there still are. Let me encourage you to come out of that place because what happens when you can speak freely and you can speak with authority and with power and strength against what's happening and you don't live in fear of losing your job or 
hurting uh or let's not say hurting let's say offending your fellow man who's beside you who's ignorant of the facts and you even try to tell them and they get upset with you right we've all been through that oh they don't want to hear it right it happened to me at the airport actually because a guy started asking me oh what do you do what do you you know and i told him well you know we're internet um bloggers and and uh, we travel around, we get the truth, uh, we talk about the vaccines, we talk about the doctors. And I saw all of a sudden, his wife just stiffened like, and I could see just within a moment, she had her hand on his, you know, grasping his, uh, his arm, like, don't talk to her anymore because people in this lineup might hear her and we would be associated with an anti-vaxxer, a crazy person. And by the way, we don't care if any harm comes to them because they have not been vaccinated. It's the most bizarre thing in the world to stand for the truth and have people around that you know don't want to be associated with that but freedom comes when we are not addicted to approval and we're not addicted to those who are trying to tell us um what the facts are and the science are when they have absolutely no idea and have not spent one second trying to find out about it all right let's have a look at um uh, we do have Project Veritas, but I think I'll leave that. Basically, it's an undercover video of a CNN uh, producer talking about how they will use climate panic as the next pandemic. That's what's coming. It wasn't enough to terrorize you about this virus that is 99.99% recoverable. Now it's going to be the climate. Ooh, how hot it is. Well, I just read an article about how actually it was hotter 44 years ago when things went high, whatever. Okay, how about this? Um, farming, it's a big problem and I'm continuing to hear from my farming friends. Um, let's play this video, 22. Georgia Monbiot tells RTE journalist Miriam O'Callaghan that we must end our dependence on farming. Oh my gosh, let's end our dependence on farming which feeds the world. Brilliant. Take a look. This country, George, there's a big emphasis on agriculture and how agriculture needs to cut its emissions. And I know it's an, it's an issue you feel very strongly about. You've said that agriculture is arguably the most destructive industry on earth. Explain, and, and do you still believe that, George? It's by far and away the greatest cause of habitat destruction, the greatest cause of wildlife loss, the greatest cause of extinction, greatest cause of soil loss, greatest source of freshwater use. It's one of the greatest causes of climate breakdown, um, bigger than transport. Um, one of the primary causes of water pollution and of air pollution. So it's right at the top. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to say land use, the biggest issue of all. It's by far and away the greatest um, um, uh, form of land use that, that humans um, inflict on the planet, which means all that land is land which can't be used for wild ecosystems. And while obviously we need farming, we need to minimise those impacts. We, we need um, to act as drastically within that sector as any other sector to prevent the collapse of our life support systems. And what that means above all else 
is getting out of livestock farming, is really shutting down animal farming altogether because that has massively disproportionate impacts on the living planet. And we need to switch towards other sources of food, plant-based diets, which are far more efficient, far lower environmental impacts, but also switch out of farming altogether to produce protein-rich foods, which we can do through precision fermentation, brewing George, microbes. I can hear farmers all over this small country of ours shocked and perhaps screaming at their televisions because they're saying, are you saying all animal farming, in, in, in your opinion, really needs to stop? Yes, it does. It really does. Um, it's a bit like leaving fossil fuels in the ground. Unless we do that, we've really got very little chance indeed of preventing this domino effect of system collapse right across Earth okay. systems, which basically makes the planet uninhabitable. So eating meat and milk and eggs is an indulgence we cannot afford. Wow. So having farms, it's just an indulgence. We just simply can't afford that. We need to eat meat that is created in a lab by Bill Gates. And that, that is, it, that's a very positive thing. And I just thank God for the cricket, um, the whole cricket companies that are now spontaneously coming up everywhere so that we can have that protein. And once you mix those little cricket legs with chocolate, mm, mm good, delicious. Okay, well, what about this guy? So uh, Ireland's climate minister, he's a non-technical bureaucrat zealot who'd like dictatorship to come in. Take a look at him at uh, number 25. Where we could make that level of ambition and deliver it. You know, we need radical reductions. We need 10% per annum, she's talking for now. So I, if I had my way, if there was a one world dictatorship where we could make that level of ambition and deliver it, then I'd be very happy. <laughs> we kind of missed the first part of it. Should we play it again? It's only 13 seconds. Yeah, let's, let's just play it again. You know, we need radical reductions. We need 10% per annum, she's talking for now. So I, if I had my way, if there was a one world dictatorship where we could make that level of ambition and deliver it, then I'd be very happy. All right. Uh, so, you know, all of these people, they've gone absolutely mad. It, it really is crazy. Um, I want to talk a little bit about something very disturbing to me and it got highlighted today when I got a call from someone and I did mention it or did I, I don't think I did mention it earlier. Um, so suicides in Edmonton area. So a friend who knows someone uh, who is in the, I believe it's the law enforcement field this friend is very upset because there was uh, 1,900 suicides in May. And then in June, in the Edmonton area, this is, there was 1,700 suicides. So what's going on with that? Now, if anyone has information to say that this is wrong information, then please let me know. But I did get this directly from someone who is uh, in the know 
and this is an, a very alarming trend. So what is that all about? So if we go to um, 91, there's a web page here and it's basically outing that, um, you know, depression has always been associated with potentially low serotonin in your body. And this article is saying that actually they're no longer willing to just simply blame serotonin, but quite actually that it could be the very chemicals we've been putting in our bodies. And uh, is there two web pages? Okay. Uh, so the next web page is um, 101. And this is uh, about a $15 billion hustle. Expert says that pills, uh, pill prescribing psychiatrists knew that depression, okay, I can't see that anymore knew that depression isn't caused by low serotonin levels, as landmark study shows that pricey drugs do little to help mental health. And they're actually coming back to something really logical, and that is that depression can be caused by terrible things that are happening in your life. Terrible things, like basically scaring an entire world for two years with your nonsense, unscientific fear porn that has harmed kids, forcing them into masks where they can't breathe and frightening people to the point of them still being so afraid of a virus that is 99.99% recoverable that they are wearing masks even to this day when they're not supposed to because you have frightened them are those people happy? No, they're scared out of their ever-loving minds. And that's why they're unhappy. People have lost their jobs for standing. People have been tyrannized and absolutely, absolutely frightened to death. So a really interesting video that my husband found, and he thought it was really something because it's actually Tom Cruise from 20 years ago. Now, because I just loved him in the latest Top Gun movie, spoiler alert, he dies at the end. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, Tom Cruise, you know, he's a little off the wall, but listen to him 20 years ago talking about the root causes of depression. Interesting. Take a look. Here we are today where I talk out against drugs and psychiatric abuses of electric shocking people, mm -hmm. okay, against their will, of drugging children with them not knowing the effects of these drugs. Do you know what Adderall is? Do you know Ritalin? Do you know now that Ritalin is a street drug? Do you understand that? The difference is no, this was no, not Matt, against Matt, her I'm will, asking, though. Matt, but this Matt, wasn't against your question. Will. Matt, I'm asking you a question. I understand there's know? abuse of all of these things. No, you see, here's the problem. You don't know the history of psychiatry. I do. Seven. All it does is mask the problem, Matt. And if you understand the history of it, it masks the problem. That's what it does. That's all it does. You're not getting to the reason why. There is no such thing as a chemical imbalance. I'm saying that drugs aren't the answer, that these, these drugs are very dangerous. They're mind-altering, antipsychotic drugs. And there are ways of doing it without that so that we don't end up in a brave new world. Yes, there are abuses. 
And yes, maybe they've gone too far in certain areas. Maybe there are too many kids on Ritalin. Maybe electric shock. Too many is, kids on Ritalin. Matt. I'm just saying. But but aren't there Matt. examples where it Matt. works? Matt, Matt, you, you don't even you're glib. You don't even know what Ritalin is. If you start talking about chemical imbalance, you have to evaluate and read the research papers on how they came up with these theories, Matt. Okay, that's what I've done. And you go and you say, where's the, where's the medical test? Where's the blood test that says how much Ritalin you're supposed to get? You're, you're, it's very impressive to listen to you because clearly you've done the homework and, and you know the subject. And you should. And, and, and you should do that also because just knowing people who are on Ritalin isn't enough. You should be a little bit more responsible in knowing I'm really... I'm not prescribing Ritalin, Tom, and I'm not well, asking anyone else to do well, it. Well, you are. You're saying... saying no, I know some people who seem to have been helped by I, it. But you're saying... But it's like, this is a very important issue. I, this I is couldn't a very, agree more. And you know what? And you're, you're here on the Today Show. Right. And to talk about it in a way of saying, well, isn't it okay and being reasonable about it when you don't know, and I do. I think that you should be a little bit more responsible in knowing what it is, because you, you communicate to people. My respect for Tom Cruise just skyrocketed, literally. Um, that he would be uh, educated in it, He's not a doctor, but he knew how to look into it and get the facts. And this guy, right? What's his name? Matt Lauer. Matt Lauer. He is the epitome of mainstream media still speaking nonsense and stupidity and having no clue what they're talking about. And if if any of those reporters well do you know what even if they did their research or even if they knew here's the other thing they won't tell you the truth because they'll lose their jobs we are at such a place in our history that speaking the truth will get your job taken away from you it will lose your standing in society it is politically incorrect to speak the truth right now and i can't tell you how much i love love being able to speak the truth because I'm free. I love it. I love it. If you're thinking right now about whether you need to cross over to being able to speak the truth, get there, get there because it is so exciting. It is so amazing to not be afraid that anyone's going to cancel me or whatever. I'll just move to a different platform. I couldn't care less. It's important that we get on the same page before they take over all of us, before they harm all of us, before they find more and more ways. These guys, they need to be taken down. And you know who's number one that needs to be taken down? It's this guy. Fauci's retirement pension is to top the presidential salary. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, I'm so happy for him. So after the AZT scandal, after killing thousands and thousands of gay men with AZT and freaking the world out about AIDS, then we come to the vaccines. And before that, guess what else it was? Hydroxychloroquine that Fauci knew worked because of a 2005 study done that showed that hydroxychloroquine that that chloroquine it, it was an effective inhibitor of SARS-CoV-2 
And when Donald Trump mentioned hydroxychloroquine, no, he did not rise in defense of the president who was right. And how I knew that was because I had been on hydroxychloroquine for 16 years. And I thought, why are they all saying hydroxychloroquine is going to kill you? What did, did, did my doctor put me on something crazy? No, they're crazy. And now these, I'm a Christian woman, so I'm not going to swear. These, they're going to retire with a pension that tops the presidential salary. Oh, I bet if Donald Trump could go back in time, he would use those famous words. Dr. Fauci, you're fired. All right. My website is laurelin.tv. Thank you very much for staying with me. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your kindness to me. Thank you for sending me a little bit of money as I travel a country. Gas prices are high. I don't know how we ended up on a road trip when the, what do we get, diesel? Diesel's like the highest of all time. Diesel used to be cheaper than gas. And now I'm like, you know, God, we could have maybe planned this a little bit better. I don't know what's happening. Thank you for helping me to get around, um, to do what I need to do. So there's one thing that's very important that I want you to know. I can't be bought with money. You can support me with money, but no one will ever be able to buy me. I'm not for sale. My voice is not for sale. What I do here every single day is the passion of my heart to let you know what the truth is so you don't harm yourself, so that we all have knowledge because the word of God says, without knowledge, the people perish. And they are, they are perishing. So I hope that you'll have a wonderful weekend. I'd like to read you an interesting passage that I find uh, so fascinating. It's in Mark 11. Jesus was, he was walking along the road with his disciples whom he loved. Are you one of his disciples that he loves now? One of his favorites? I bet you are. You know, the word says that he doesn't have favorites. So he just loves us. You know, each and every one of us he created so uniquely. He loves that you're kind of a bit of a sarcastic one. You know, he likes that about you. He thinks you're funny. Sometimes the angels laugh at you. Sometimes God, he just shakes his head, says, that's my boy. That's my girl. She's so funny. Once in a while, he's like, oh, I know that she's a little bit of a curmudgeon. She's a little bit ornery, but I love her and I'm working on her and I'm trying to change different things. And sometimes he looks down and he goes, oh, I pray that my lost son will come back. I pray that my lost girl will find me again because he's calling you. He's looking for you. So there's an interesting story in Mark 11. And it's really funny because it says that Jesus was hungry. And this is down in verse 12 of Mark 11. And it says, I just find this interesting. 
Jesus is hungry. I mean, he was just like us, right? He needed to eat. So he was, he, he saw in the distance a fig tree and he went to find out if it had any fruit. Now, my mind's thinking, you're Jesus. Didn't you know there was no fruit on that tree? Because he gets up to it, there's no fruit. So when he gets there, he's so annoyed by this fig tree having no fruit on it. So he says to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. Jesus got so mad that he, he cursed the fig tree, you know? Oh, don't, don't mess with Jesus. You don't know what'll happen. All right, okay, so in the morning, him and the disciples, as they went along, they saw the fig tree again. I guess they went and had a lay down, camped out for the night. And the fig tree had withered from the roots. And Peter remembered and he said to Jesus, Rabbi, look at that fig tree you cursed. It's withered. You don't want to be cursed by Jesus. So do you know what Jesus said? He said, have faith in God. Jesus answered and said, truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, Believe that you have received it and it will be yours. What are you asking God for? What's important to you? Words are powerful. What we curse shall be cursed. The word of God says that greater things than Jesus did, we will do. What we say matters. What you pray about matters. Be careful how you use your words. Do not curse that which you wish to bless. Never curse in anger. Your words, they have death and life in them. Take care, everybody. See you on Monday. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.laurelin.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.